Thank you for joining us for this podcast from Abundant Life. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this word. Now, here's Pastor Scott. James chapter 2. We're finishing up in the book of James, not with the, you know, last chapter, but through the month we've been reading this book, and I hope that you've read it. I'm going to read uh, quite a few verses for you tonight. We're just going to do a little Bible study. I'm going to talk to you about these verses, try to pull something out that God can use in our life. In James chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible says, Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. Verse 24 says, so you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. I want to talk to you tonight from a Bible study titled, Is It Faith? Or is it works? Pray with me, God. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. I pray you'd be our teacher tonight, God. I pray that you would teach us what you would have us to know. Increase our faith. Increase our works, Lord. Bless our children and our youth in the other buildings, God. Show them your love. Father, I thank you for every praise report we've heard tonight. God, I thank you for every prayer request, Lord. We know that you are in control. Thank you, Lord, for holding us, for comforting us. You have declared yourself to be the God of all comfort, Lord. And we love the way you love us, and we thank you for it. God, I pray you teach us now by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Is it faith or is it works? This encompasses every religion on the planet. Every religion on the planet is divided in one of these two camps, either the faith camp or the works camp. Every religion either believes it's faith or it's works or it's a combination thereof. And I want you to know that when we're talking about salvation, the true Christian church believes that it's faith alone. Mm, Say faith alone. You won't agree with me, so I'll make you say it. Faith alone. Alone. See, the Bible says that it's either faith or it's works. And if it's works, it's no more faith. And if it's faith, it's no more works, that it can't be both. This is about when we're talking about how to get saved. But there's a lot more life that happens after salvation. And you shouldn't be worried about, am I just barely going to get in? I've heard so many people say foolishly that I don't care how big my mansion is in heaven. Different message, but there are you won't have a mansion in heaven. I, I don't care how many crowns I get in heaven. Uh, newsflash, you don't get to keep any rewards you get in heaven. You get to give them to Jesus. But I've heard people say, I don't care if I just barely get in by the skin of my teeth. As long as I get in, that's all I care about. I get the, the, the mindset that makes people say that, but you ought to want more out of life than just sneaking into heaven. 
You ought to want to live a life that honors God. You ought to want to live a life that brings glory and good attention to God. There's a lot of things bringing bad attention to God. Uh, I, I saw a, a commercial. I didn't get to sit down and I didn't tape it. Probably a good thing because I don't, I, don't, I don't need a whole bunch of stuff in my mind uh, that, that would make me think things other than what God would have me to think. But Bishop Eddie Long was on the Steve Harvey show today um, talking about his uh, sex scandal with boys and his divorces and, and all kinds of stuff. And uh, th- there's just so many things in the media that give negative attention to God and God's church. You ought to want to live a life that gives positive attention to the Lord. And I hope Bishop Long is, is, is doing great in Atlanta. I hope his church is recovering. I hope that he's repentant and walking with God. I hope everybody involved with that is, is giving their heart to the Lord because life happens, but people don't want to believe. The part of the commercial that I saw uh, was awesome for what he said. Now, I'm not a big bitch, Bishop Eddie Long fan. He's, he's a wonderful speaker. Um, he and I don't really line up theologically together, but he said, Steve Harvey asked him, what do you say to all the people who look down on you? He said, I ask them to read the Bible again and understand it's a message of redemption for fallen people. And I thought, well, that's a good word right there. We quit judging each other if we understood and believed that. We quit looking at each other cross-eyed if we understood and believed that. But there's so much negativity that is pointed toward God by bad living church folk, by a media who is against God, by a world system that hates God. You ought to have a desire in your heart. I want to live a life that causes people to think the right way about my Heavenly Father. You ought to want to represent God in the right way. So for me, getting in, getting into me is no longer an issue for me. Uh, I've already, I've already got my ticket to heaven. I'm, I'm already in. I'm as good as if I was there. The Bible says that we are seated in the heavenlies with God. From God's perspective, we're already there because he sees time at one, all at once. He sees the beginning and the end at the same time. There is, God's not bound by time and space, so he already sees us as there. We're waiting it out to get there. But I'm not concerned about, am I going to get there? I already know I'm going to get there because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. But I would like to live a life that honors God because I believe every child wants their dad to be proud of them. So I want us to look at this question of faith versus works or faith in combination of works. But I want you to realize that there's a difference between what gets you saved and how you should live after you get saved. Nothing can get you saved. There's no works that can get you saved. If you say it's faith plus baptism, then you violated your faith because it's not faith alone. Faith plus anything takes away from faith because the Scripture says it's either faith or it's works. If it's one or the other, it cancels out the other. It's not believe in Jesus plus baptism. It's not believe in Jesus plus live a good life. It's not believe in Jesus plus go to church. It's not believe in Jesus plus give money. Now, if you believe in Jesus, you're going to get baptized because the Bible tells you to. If you believe in Jesus, you're going to go to church because the Bible tells you to. If you believe in Jesus, you're going to live right because the Bible tells you to. If you believe in Jesus, you're going to give money because the Bible tells you to. But it's not all related to salvation in this passage because remember, as we've talked about in these Bible studies we've already looked at in the book of James, This book is written to Christians. So this book is written for people who are saved. 
but it's talking to the entire world, and some of it references to lost people as well. In verse 18, look at the Scripture. Now, someone may argue, comma. <laughs> well, there's, if you've ever wondered if there's any truth in the Bible, you can get it out of those four words. Anybody believe someone may argue? Keep living. You'll find out, especially about religion. Now, it's become, I don't know when they started saying this. Uh, they've probably been saying it for a long time. But what are the two things that they tell us not to talk about in, in public? Politics and religion. You know what we ought to be talking about in public? Politics and religion. Because we ought to be setting the standard for what politics should be about, and we ought to be letting people know the truth about what religion should be about. But you start talking about religion in front of people, some may argue. And this is what he says. Some people have faith. Others have good deeds. Look how it says it. Some people have faith, semicolon. Always pause on the punctuation. Take the Bible in bite-sized pieces so you can properly digest it. The Scripture says this is food for our inner man. Now, here's the argument. Some people have faith. That's crowd one. Say one. Others have good deeds. That's crowd two. Say two. Here's the argument. The argument is some people are saying, well, I like this crowd because they have faith. Others say, well, I like this crowd because they live right. And this is the debate that launched a lot of different denominations, particularly one group of people that call themselves holiness. The holiness crowd is ultra-concerned ultra with this passage of Scripture because they will tell you that it can't just be faith. So I want to tell you again, the only way you can get to heaven is by faith, nothing else. Your works can't get you to heaven. If your works can get you to heaven, then you deserve to be there. And the Bible says that it's for by grace that we're saved through faith, that not of ourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You won't be able to, no one will be able to brag when they get to heaven and say, let me in because I deserve to be here. We will get there humbly realizing the only way we're getting in is because of God's grace and the faith that he gave us to believe in him. But there are people out there that say, I like the faith side. There are people out there that say, I like the good deeds or the work side. James, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, says, but I say. All right, now let me ask you a question. It's midweek Bible study. Let's be interactive. But I say. Now, who wrote the book of James? When he says, but I say, who's talking? All right, we could go with that. But if you understand the verbal plenary inspiration of the Scripture, look those words up, if you understand that the Bible is an inspired book, if you understand what the Scripture says of itself, that God spoke through holy men as he moved them and they wrote down what God had them to say, when James says, but I say, who's talking? God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, this is a directive from above. This is a directive. This is the Word of God. I heard somebody say uh, this week on Facebook, and I get involved in more theological discussions than I probably should on Facebook, but I'm trying to correct a bunch of crazy theology out there. Someone said, well, that's what Paul said, not what Jesus said. And I'm thinking, how limited is your understanding of the inspiration of the Bible? If it's written down in this book, it doesn't matter if, if James was holding the pen, or if Paul was holding the pen, or if Isaiah was holding the pen. It's all God's words. All right? So don't be one of those people that think, well, that's what Paul said. 
or that, that's what Isaiah said, but I only go with what Jesus said. I need you to understand that even though it's cool to have a red letter, anybody, you understand what a red letter edition is? A lot of Bibles put the words that Jesus spoke in red letters to differentiate those from the words that the crowd spoke. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if the words are in red, if they're in black, gray, green, brown, or purple. If they're inside this book, it's God's Word. Okay, so God's telling us through James, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? That's a good question. People that say that they're saved, but their life shows nothing, I'm not buying it. I am not buying it. How can you show me your faith if you don't have? Listen, you can talk about it all day long, but if you come to my house and and I catered a meal because I don't cook, but if I catered in a meal and I put something on your plate and it looked like applesauce and it tastes like applesauce and I told you it was cornbread, is it more likely applesauce or cornbread? It's more likely applesauce. Just calling it cornbread doesn't make it cornbread. And just calling yourself a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. And that's the problem. Too many people sat in churches so long, they just think that they've, uh, through a process of osmosis, become a Christian. You just don't gradually become a Christian because you hung out long enough. But there are too many people thinking that they're saved, and they have the verbiage down, but they don't have the proof in the pudding down. If there's no proof in the pudding, don't trust the pudding. And if it looks like applesauce and somebody's calling it cornbread, don't eat it and get away from crazy folk, okay? How can you say, how how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? The answer is you can't. You can't back up what you have to say. And why would anybody trust what you have to say if you don't have any proof of what you're saying. He went on to say, I will show you my faith by my good deeds. He didn't say I gain salvation by good deeds. He didn't even say I gain faith by good deeds. He said, I will show you the proof of what I'm saying is based on how I'm living. Now, the Bible says that our religion, Christianity, is based on the religion of the apostles and the prophets, with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. So James, being inspired by God, even as James, this was his premise that he shows his faith by his good deeds. This is how we're supposed to live. You shouldn't just be able to talk a good game. You ought to be able to live something. See, everybody can talk about it, but everybody can't walk it out. And if your walk doesn't match your talk, then something needs to get adjusted. If your lifestyle, when I say your walk, that's your lifestyle. That's how you live about day by day. If you are claiming Jesus, if you've got bumper stickers, see the reason we don't sell Abundant Life bumper stickers, we don't have little Abundant Life dot whatever on 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 all these little window stickers. I don't want anybody riding down the road 80 miles an hour with Abundant Life written on their car. Because there's nowhere in America where 80 miles an hour is the law. How many people believe church folk drive 80 miles an hour somewhere? On that family reunion, that Atlanta drive, somebody's going to be hitting 80 tomorrow. I'm not pointing fingers, but I believe somebody going to a family reunion in Atlanta probably going to push up past 70 somewhere. Is that right to do? No. There you go. See, that'll keep it together. And y'all will be later than you want to be. But 
You want to know my personal opinion? I'm an old man. I drive slow. I use cruise control. I'm not in a hurry to get there. My, I get bad gas mileage on my Lincoln anyway. I don't need no extra help driving fast. But people can put bumper stickers on. They can put window decals on. They can wear Christian T-shirts. Listen, if you're doing all that stuff, Joyce has got on one of our shirts tonight. If she's wearing that shirt out in public, smoking and drinking and cussing and, and whoremongering, well, first she'd be in trouble with Jeff, God, and everybody else. But that is a, listen, bad representation. You'd be better off not to talk about it if you're not walking about it. Because you make you look bad and you make God look bad. That's why I tell people, you, if you're out there doing dirt, somebody asks you where you go to church, tell them some other church. <laughs> Who's your pastor? Tell them somebody else. You know, be out there doing the wildest dirt imaginable. I go to abundant life. Get, need to get abundant life. He said, I can show you. My faith. See, faith, the Bible says, has evidence. Faith has evidence. If your faith doesn't have evidence, then your faith, faith is a false faith. Look at verse 19. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God, period. You say you have faith, comma. You say you have faith. Well, good for you. That, that's a lot of people's only concept of salvation they say they're saved i've told you before about people i counsel people come in and they tell me strung out on drugs strung out on internet porn got three cell phones cheating on their wife with got two cell phones cheating on their husband with just doing all kinds of crazy dirt everywhere and then they're upset because their life is going bad and they want me to counsel them on how to get better and i always want to start with at the starting point and say well we need to talk about how you can become a real christian oh no i'm saved and I just want to crawl under the desk every time I hear somebody say that they're saved when their lifestyle is so adverse to uh, the, the, their confession doesn't match up with the way that they're living. It's not just in what you say. And this is what God is trying to show us in verse 19. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Now, that was a big deal 2,000 years ago in the formation of the Christian church. The big, there, there was a vast separation between the churches that believed that there was only one God versus the churches that believed that there were many gods because Christianity was the only group of people out there preaching in one God. Everybody else in that culture was believing that there was a sun God, a moon God, a fertility God, a day God, a night God, a mountain God, a sea God, thousands of gods. And one of the hallmarks of true Christianity is what theologians call monotheism or belief that there is one God. That's central to our faith. And here's a person that James is saying, you, have, you say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. What's he saying? You know how to say the right thing. And I, when I was in high school, I had one person my whole high school career talk to me about Jesus. One person. And they asked me if, you know, if I want to go to church with them. I said, nope. They said, don't you want to go to heaven when you die? I said, I'm going to go to heaven when I die. I walked the aisle and prayed a prayer when I was in third grade. I know I'm a Christian. I knew enough to say the phrase, I walked an aisle. That's, that's Christianese, walking an aisle. What, what aisle? People ask you to come down the aisle to pray. I shook the preacher's hand and prayed with the preacher. That's Christianese. I, I knew the right words to say. But even though I walked that aisle and prayed that prayer, it didn't take hold on the inside of me 
and it wasn't real conversion for me. Just because you shook a preacher's hand, prayed a prayer with a preacher, walked an aisle, doesn't mean you're truly born again. What did I say? There's got to be some proof in the pudding. Being able to say the right things. And that's the problem, and that's why I'm concerned for my own children. I've shared that with you before. Kids that know all the right answers, it's hard to tell where, where they're really at. Now, when you get somebody who's never been in church their whole life, and then they start talking about God, and they start learning about God for themselves because it's real to them, that's a whole different ballgame. It's not just in words. He said you can say it. You can even believe in the right theology that there's only one God. Then he said, good for you. Uh, I don't know, you know, maybe that's James' personality. Maybe that's God. But somebody's mocking somebody here. I'll keep going, but it's funny to me. He said, even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. The demons believe what? The demons believe that there's one God. The demons believe in Jesus. So if you're only proof that you're saved is that you can say, I believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus lived, died, was buried, and rose again. I believe that there's one God and only one way to heaven. Well, good for you. The devils believe that too. The demons believe that too. Are the demons going to spend eternity in heaven? They'll go like this. No, they're not. Knowing facts in your head is not salvation. Theologians call that mental assent to the truth. You can give mental assent to the truth without having anything on the inside of you. It's not just about what you can make your mouth say or what you can make your head believe. You've got to have a change on the inside of you. Verse 20 says, how foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Anybody whose only proof or only hope to assure the, the, themselves that they have faith if their only hope is that they say that they believe, but their lifestyle doesn't show it at all, that, that faith is useless. Why? Because it's not real. The original wording here, when it's talking about a dead faith or a useless faith, it's a non-working or a non-real faith. It's not that the faith was good and became bad. It was never good to begin with because real faith produces works, and we need to understand that. Verse 21 says... Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? This is a verse that has a lot of people confused about what gets you saved, faith or works or a combination thereof, because in the King James it says Abraham was justified by his works. But they were justified, and Paul, in all of Paul's writing throughout the New Testament, he said that we're justified by faith and faith alone. Well, now James comes along, and God says through James that, uh, put that verse up in the King James. Do you have that in the King James, James 2.21? Let me show you where the confusion comes. We'll get out of here. James 2.21 in the King James. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? And that's the phrase that hangs up a lot of people. Because if you've been reading the Bible, if you've been listening to the message of the apostles, this whole time you've been hearing that justified by faith alone. Now, this phrase comes along in a translation of the Holy Scripture that was written in the 1600s and picks this word justified and says, was not Abraham our father justified by works? Here's what we don't get. We don't get that this is a different word in the Greek than the word justified used in the book of Romans, where it says that we're justified by faith alone. It's a completely different Greek word. They chose the same 
English word here, and that's how you end up getting in trouble if you don't if you get confused and you don't read all of the Bible. Some people pick and choose, read a little here and a little there. It all fits together, but you got to make sure you read it all. If you just pluck this little passage out, you can say, see, we're justified by works. Abraham was justified by works. Listen, if you read one phrase in the Bible that looks like it disagrees with 10 phrases that you've read before, do you think you should trust the one or the 10? The 10. This is what theologians call the bulk text theory. The bulk text theory says if there's more information on a subject in the Bible that shows this way, then shows this way, the safer side is the bulk text. Now, they just chose a bad word. Go back to verse 19 in, in our notes, Kari. Verse 19 says, you have faith, you believe there's one God. Good for you. He's saying that you believe there's one God. Good for you. The demons believe this. They're not going to heaven. Well, what does the Bible say you have to do to be saved? In Acts 16, the Philippian jailer asked Paul and Silas, Sir, must what, I, what must I do to be saved? Anybody remember what they said? Believe in the Lord Jesus. Well, the devils believe, why aren't they going to heaven? Anybody? Different kind of belief. Different kind of belief. And that's where the English language causes some problems with understanding God's holy word. Because God's holy word was not written in English. It was written primarily the Old Testament Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek. And the English language is a limited language, and they pick certain words to try to get the closest. It's like if you had to interpret me in Spanish right now. I would say some stuff in Westside Jacksonville Americanized speech that would not have a perfect translation in Spanish, and you just have to flow with it as close as you can. And that's what's happened in some of these difficult words because and that's why some translations show more understanding I've, I've talked to you before about the amplified version of the bible it's not a great bible for everyday reading but it is a great bible for understanding the 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 depth of word meaning john three sixteen, most famous verse in the whole bible says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life whosoever believes in him so all you have to do is believe in him says the same thing all throughout the Bible. What must I do to be saved? Believe in Jesus. Well, there's different types of belief. I believe George Washington was the first president of the United States. I wouldn't bet my life on that. History books have been wrong about a lot. We've been taught wrong about a lot in history books. History books have been rewritten and changed to, to, to look the way they want us to believe. George Washington, maybe there was a different dude that was the first president. They, they flushed him out because they didn't like him. I don't know. Personally, do I really believe George Washington was the first president of the United States? Yes, I do. Am I trusting that for my eternal destination? No, and I would not. I wouldn't bet anything. I wouldn't bet lunch on George Washington being the first president because I have no way to prove it. Do I believe that Jesus Christ was a real human being who died and rose from the dead? Yes, I believe that. I believe that in a different way. And the Amplified Version says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only unique son that whosoever trusts in, believes in, relies on, and clings to he and he alone, or him and him alone. If you trust in Jesus, believe in Jesus, if you're clinging and relying on, if you're clinging to and relying on Jesus and Jesus alone to get you into heaven, that's the type of belief you have to have to have salvation. 
And that's why so many times some people walk an aisle and don't get saved while other people walk an aisle and do get saved. That's why people like me had to pray and ask God to save them more than one time until it took hold. Because the, there's only one type of belief that will work. It's the biblical type of belief that I just talked about as seen through the amplified version of the Bible. Now let's look on in verse 20. That, that, that head knowledge belief is foolish. He said, can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? It's not a real faith. It's, it's a fake faith. It's not even a substandard faith. It's not faith at all. Verse 21 says, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right? Shown to be right. That's a much better, albeit longer, definition that was written 400 years after the King James as we develop more understanding about language. It's a much better, longer transition than, or translation than to say Abraham was justified. Abraham was shown to be right. His justification was visible. See, there's a difference in what justifies you and what shows your justification. It didn't, he wasn't justified because of his actions, but his actions showed his salvation. He wasn't saved because of what he did. He was saved by faith, but his actions proved out his faith. Your actions need to be proved out by your lifestyle. He said in verse 22, you see his faith and his actions worked together. This phrase has caused a lot of bad theology because you get people who say, and see, you need faith and you need works because they work together. Well, go back to verse 21 for me, Karen. They do work together to show who's right with God. Not to make you right with God, but to show who's right with God. This isn't talking about how you get saved. This is talking about how you make your salvation visible to the world. All right, put verse 22 up there. It says, his faith and his actions work together for what? To make him right with God? No, to show that he was right with God. It's not your actions that make you right with God. It's your belief system. And that ought to bless you because all our actions are substandard. All of our actions fall short. But it's our actions and our faith that work together to reveal or to show what we believe on the inside. That's the proof text. His actions made his faith complete. That's another tough word. Brings some people question. Well, did his, was his faith for salvation incomplete without actions? No, do like this. He needed no actions at all, no works at all to get saved. You believe in Jesus, the right type of belief, that trust and cling to, rely on him and him alone to get you into heaven, you're done. No works involved at all. So why does it say his actions made his faith complete? Not in the area of getting saved but in the area of showing his salvation. Is anybody following me? This is tricky, and if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss this. This passage is not talking to you about how to get saved. This is talking to Christians, and it's showing you how to let your salvation be seen. Without your works, your salvation can't be seen. Without your works, you can't show your faith. Your actions make the showing forth of your faith complete. And the church needs to have the right type of actions. Christians need to have the right type of works. Because if they don't, then they're just bringing confusion, not only in their own life, but to the life of people who are watching them. Verse 23 says, so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. 
Okay, well, now we're back to how he became righteous. Now, here's a different word. We move from justification. We move from salvation being seen to this word righteous. God counted him righteous because of his faith. If you want to have right standing with God, I'm going to give you a test. Don't say it out loud unless, unless you're really following closely. If you really want to be right with God, what's going to get you right with God? Faith or works? Faith. That's it. Abraham believed God. God counted him as righteous because of his faith, period. Not because of his faith plus his actions. Not because of his faith after he lived right. Right standing with God comes by faith. you got to believe the right thing. I'm thankful that God made it about belief and not about works because if he made it about works, I wouldn't make it. I'll bust your bubble. You wouldn't make it either. He was even called the friend of God. Verse 24 says, so you see, we are shown, say shown. We are shown to be right with God by what we do. We're not right with God by what we do, but we're shown to be right with God by what we do. Our actions don't complete our salvation. Our actions complete our ability to show that we have salvation. Our actions don't play a role in our salvation, but they play a role in proving that we have salvation to other people. You, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Now, if you just read this one verse out of context, and you want to agree with a bunch of cult leaders around the world and bad theology and mixed-up denominations, they can look at that and say, see, don't you need both? Don't, 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 you, don't you need faith and, and, and by actions? We're we shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. And it's not just by faith alone. you got to have faith, plus you have to have works. Yes, to show your salvation, not to get your salvation. But we want to be able to show salvation to the world, so we have to have faith, and we have to have works. The question, uh, the title of the Bible study, is it faith or is it works? Let me ask you a question. Which is it? It depends on what you're talking about. It depends on what you're talking about. Is it faith? When it comes to getting you saved, is it faith or is it works? When it comes to showing, now y'all going to get this wrong, but don't feel embarrassed. When it comes to proving to other people that you're saved, is it faith or is it works? It's both. Works makes your faith complete and to show. You need the works with your faith to prove what you're showing is real. Other than that, it's just a bunch of lip flapping. And talk is cheap, but it takes money to ride the bus. Everybody ought to know that. Is it faith or is it works? Well, for salvation, it's just faith. To prove your salvation, it's not just works. It's faith and works. You got to have the right verbiage and you have to have the right lifestyle. Thankful unto God to get into heaven, you just have to have the right belief system. But we need both. Say both. Verse 24. If people aren't reading carefully and people are being taught by liars or people who are just deceived, then they're going to take this and they're going to misunderstand what God is saying. So you see, this is what he's setting up what's called a proof text. He wants you to look at this as a proof of what he's teaching. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. He's showing here that you have to have both. There are people out there that believe that this is talking about salvation, but if they even just do a cursory reading of this text, they will understand that it's not about salvation, it's about what you can show. 
We are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. We need both. Verse 25, Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God. Are you seeing this word shown? How, how do people miss it? How do people think this is what you need? You got to have this to be saved. It's not talking about what you have to be saved. It's talking about what you need to prove to other people to show forth your salvation. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Old Testament example of what someone did in the Old Testament based on what she believed. She believed that God had given the land she lived in to the Israelites. And they were being hunted. So she hid them, and she favored them. She lied for them. There's a different message in there. But she sent them down a different road. She protected them because she believed something that caused her actions to be a certain way. Every one of our actions should be based on what we believe. Your belief system should cause your actions to change. Say change. If your actions have not changed since you believed, you have the wrong type of belief. Because the Bible says that if anyone's in Christ, if you're a real Christian, that old things pass away and all things become new. The true proof of your Christianity is not in where you go to church. The true proof of your Christianity is not in whether or not you, you, you know the right answers to theological questions. The true proof is has your life changed? That's the proof of a Christian life. Rahab's life changed because she believed something. But it wasn't what she believed that showed it. It was what she did that showed it. She was shown to be right with God by her actions. She was made right with God by her faith, but she was shown to be right with God by her actions. I want you to get that, and we got one verse left. Verse 26 says, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Faith without works, in more familiar reading, says is dead. Faith without works is dead. How can faith be dead? Because it's talking about a bogus faith. Any faith that does not produce good works, good actions, changed lifestyle is a bogus faith. And there's too many people deceiving the, their own minds thinking that they have real faith when they have bogus faith. So how do you know? How do you keep from staying up late at night wondering, is my faith real or is my faith bogus? Well, what do your actions look like? Because it's not just to show everybody else if your faith is correct. It's to show you if your faith is correct. Remember what God said. Now, they're using the example here in James of what happened to Abraham in Genesis and offering his son to be sacrificed. And I've taught that passage to you before where God said he stopped Abraham. Abraham was going to kill Isaac because God said, take your son, your only son, and offer him as a sacrifice to me on top of the mountain. So Abraham goes through with it. He got the knife raised up. God tells him, don't do it for now. I see that you love me more than you love Isaac. And I've told you, that verbiage right there could mislead you because God didn't learn anything when Abraham raised the knife. The literal verbiage should have been, now you should know that you love me more than anything else. God doesn't learn things. God already knows things. God wants us to be able to see our faith so we can know if our faith is real or if our faith is bogus. That's why Paul was constantly saying throughout the New Testament, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. 
He was talking to church people. Examine yourself. Paul said his greatest fear was that having preached to others that he would be counterfeit. There's a lot of counterfeit going on inside the church. There's real faith and there's counterfeit faith. And you've got to make the decision. See, this ought to keep people up late at night. This ought to make you get on your knees and cry out to God. This ought to make you wonder, is my faith real? Am I truly saved? Listen, and I hope it does because I don't want you getting to heaven and being told what Jesus is going to tell a lot of people. In Matthew 7, 21, the Bible says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name. In your name I cast out devils. I did many wonderful works. Listen, if miracle workers and faith preachers are going to be shocked because Jesus is not letting them into heaven, how much so more so average church members sitting around with bogus faith thinking because they know how to say the right answers that they're really going to get into heaven? Don't play with heaven. Don't, don't play with eternity. Salvation is too big of an issue to play with. Hell is too real, it's too hot, and it's too long. Hell is hot and eternity lasts forever. And the only time to get it right is now. You can't mess with this and play with this later, and you don't want to get to heaven and find out, oh, I remember when pastor was saying there was a real faith and there was a bogus faith. Well, how do you know which one's real and which one's bogus? By the actions. How do you know if it was cornbread or applesauce? You can look at it and tell. Jesus said, you know them by their fruit. I don't know a lot about trees. Ride me down the road and ask me what kind of tree that is. I have no idea. Walk me up under it and let me see apples hanging off of it. I got a pretty good idea. Let me see oranges hanging off it. I got an idea. Why? Because you know them by their fruit. What, what does a fruit do? Fruit is something visible on the outside that proves to you what's going on in the inside. That tree produces apples because it's an apple tree. The root is an apple tree. It started off deep down as an apple tree. Christians produce Christian lives, Christian works, Christian actions. Please, please do not be so confident that your salvation is real if your actions are shabby. You're saying, well, do I have to live perfect to get to heaven? No, but if you ever really get true salvation, it is going to change your actions. There's going to be some proof in the pudding. Listen, your fried chicken might not be as good as Popeye's, but it's going to taste a little like fried chicken. Your, your, your cornbread might not be as good as the bistro, but it's going to look like more like cornbread than applesauce. And there's a lot of people I know claiming Christianity, and their cornbread looks just like applesauce to me. And I don't know why they trust in that it's cornbread. So you need to determine, does what you say you believe match up to what you live. Does that mean we're perfect? No, we're, we're far from perfect. If we could be perfect, Jesus wouldn't have down the cross for us. But there's got to be some proof in the pudding. This is what God is saying through James. He's saying, I'm tired of people telling me that they're saved when they can't show it to me. Stop saying that you're saved by faith when you got nothing to show. You don't, don't tell me about your faith. He said, I will show you my faith by how I live. I don't have to flap this. See, that's why that girl wants Alyssa to, to talk to her because she's seen something that's making her think your faith is deeper than, than what other people are saying. We got to let the world see something in our actions because anybody can talk. Anybody can say that there's something that they're really not. They've had people, watch, watch some of these wild newscasts. They've had people perform surgeries in hospitals that weren't even doctors. They were just psychos. It's like, I'm Dr. So-and-so, I'm here to saw on you today. And they did it. It didn't make them a doctor because they said it. And it doesn't make you a Christian because you say you are one. Does 
what you have on the inside match what you're talking about on the outside? Does it mean anything to you deep down? Do you really care about God on the inside? Do, do you hurt over your sin? Do you weep over your own unrighteousness? Do you care whether or not you grieve God's spirit? Does it bother you when you don't represent God properly? These are some of the things that ought to let you know that you're not a real Christian. See, what's funny is a lot of people think that if somebody is going through some hardship, somebody, somebody could take Israel's wreck and say, hey, God chastised him because he was living bad. Or, or, or the, devil, the, devil, the devil is after him. Somebody could take it and twist it. But let me tell you what the Bible says. God chastises those that he loves. Now, I'm not saying the wreck was chastisement, but a lot of people try to figure out why good things happen to some people and bad things happen to other people. Let me tell you what the Bible says about chastisement that all of God's children partake in chastisement. And if you be without chastisement, then you are bastards and not sons. Well, a bastard is an illegitimate child of the father, someone who's not really related to a father. There's a lot of bastards in church, people who are claiming that they have a relationship to the father, but the father's like, they ain't none of mine. What what Mike's saying, not my lover. She's just the girl that says what? I'm going to keep preaching about something else. If you are not really related to Jehovah, if you're not connected on the inside, it doesn't matter at all what you're talking about through your mouth. You can have all the right answers. You can stand up and preach, teach, get Bible degrees. But faith without works is dead when it comes to proof. Faith without works is dead. If I had to go around the room right now and ask you, what about your life says to people, your actions? What about, not your, not your confession, what, what about your actions? What can you list right now about the way you live says to people in your community, I'm a real Christian? Or I close with the old cliche. If you were on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence against you to convict you? Of being a Christian. Can't just be about what you say. It's got to be about what you live. Because faith without works is dead. So is it faith? Or is it works? Well it's faith for salvation. But it's faith and works. So that the world can see that our salvation is real. If you want your family to get saved. Talk is not going to get them there. They need to see something they can believe in. If you want your children your friends, your community to get saved. If we want to see the world get better, talking about it is not going to get it done. Talking about it and living it out. Talking about it and having something to show. Have something to show. Have some proof to your conversation. I hope you do. Because it's burdensome to me to know that there are going to be so many people that get to heaven and are shocked and get turned away. Pastors, bishops, apostles, church members, worship leaders, Sunday school teachers, turned away. Knew the right answers, but their faith was bogus. And they never took the time to realize that their faith was bogus because their faith didn't match up with their lifestyle. Think about it. Read the book of James and let God be your guide. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives inside us, that 
compels us and constrains us, changes us, molds us. Lord, I thank you that we are saved by faith alone, that we don't have to do anything. We don't have to be perfect to be your children. We don't have to jump through hoops to become your children. We are all the children of God by faith in your son, Jesus Christ. But, Lord, the world won't see our salvation without evidence. The world won't see our salvation without works. So, Father, help us to live lives that will glorify you so that our friends, so that our families, so that our communities would know that our faith is real. Thank you for empowering us with your spirit. Thank you for giving us the Holy Ghost that enables us to live as a shining light in a dark and perverse world. Father, we pray for our nation, that Christians around this country would rise up and live Christian lives so that the world would know that our faith is real. Help us to show our faith, not just by our words, but by our good deeds. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We truly appreciate the opportunity to pour into your lives each week. For more information or to donate to Abundant Life's ministry, please check out our website at www.alcfnow.org.